Hello everyone and welcome to Someone Should Have Told Me. Today I want to talk about it takes two to make a marriage work. When you met your mate, what was it about them that made you like or love them? What drew you to them? Of course, it was first the way they look more than likely. But when you got close, what did you like about them? What were the attributes that maybe you think that made you think I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? What was it that wanted you to take them off the market for anyone else and just make them yours? It takes two people to agree to give a hundred percent to the relationship. If one gives up, or one wavers, which that is going to happen in a long time relationship because there are ups and downs. That is going to happen, but it is up to the other person to try to figure it out and help this mate get back on track. It is up to them to try to bring things back on track and it's up to them how long they will put an effort into that or will they choose to just give up. When I was in high school, I had a girlfriend. She was my best friend and something happened with her parents where I don't know if someone cheated on someone or or whatever, but one worked afternoons, one worked day shifts or midnights and days. So when whatever happened, happened, they just continued to work their opposite shifts. They didn't have to hardly see each other, but they stayed in the same house and eventually it all worked itself out. And I don't mean eventually like a day or two. I mean, eventually like months to a year, but they stayed together. And even though probably at first they just passed in the wind, only talked about what was necessary to keep the household running and did not have any other dealings, but they both were there with the children and they both were able to parent and still work until they were able to get their lives together. Today, they are still together and they have a very strong relationship and they decided to even start going to church together to help them. And they are a very solid couple to this day. But they didn't decide to give up. They decided to keep their foundation together, even though it was wavering a little bit. But they were able to fix the bricks in the foundation and continue to build and stay together with their lives. And then you have people that never even 
think about marriage. But they think about having kids together. They think about buying houses together. But they don't think of marriage. I don't really understand this because if you can't commit to a person fully, how can you commit to buying a house or having children? Because first of all, children are the branches that come from us as parents. And if the tree is broken and not together, then the branches are not going to grow to their full potential. The branches are not going to flow straight. And that's just a scenario. I just see that when there are two households, then there's two sets of rules. And then you're adding um, another person like, The father gets a girlfriend or another wife and the mother gets a husband and another wife. It just makes it hard. Not impossible, but it makes it harder because they're going to be trying to be the best parent and have the best rules. And it just makes things a little bit more awkward. And of course, everyone will survive and will live their life, but wouldn't you want to have the best scenario to raise your children, to build, help them build their life, to make things easier for them, to make life be what you really are trying to make it? Because of course, it's going to not be exactly. So you want to try to make it as close as possible. And if you are planning a child with someone that will not commit to you, and then maybe maybe because your biological clock is ticking and you want to have a baby before it is before you get too much older. And if that is the case, then you should be ready to be a single parent. If This happens sometimes, not necessarily all the time, and maybe not at first, but some people can't even make it together through the pregnancy. It can be hard. The female has hormones going and you really need a committed mate to help you with all the things that you might need help with as far as if your hormones is going a whack, you want an understanding mate that could be able to calm you or leave you alone or just do what's necessary for you. And no one wants to go to, through a pregnancy alone. No one said it would always be easy either. I know my parents married for so long. Now, you know, I think it's like close to 69 years they've been married and they had seven children and they went through a lot and they went through a lot with the kids and they just kept going and I look back and I see you know some things that my parents went through because um seven kids four girls three boys my mother 
quit working because she said that she had to see what these children were doing when they were leaving out the house. She didn't want to have misbehaved children. So she quit work because really seven kids, you got a house, you got your husband, and you're trying to raise the kids. The kids can't raise themselves. They can't learn the things that they need to learn if everybody is at work. So therefore, she stopped working and she told my dad if there was something that he couldn't give her, she would not have. And she came home and she made sure that we were taught how to be ladies and the sons were taught how to take care of a lady and how to do things around the house when that a man should do taught them their roles in life and to this day we are appreciative to our parents and of course I am sure that everything was not always happy and hunky-dory but they made it through now the reason I say this is because I've been married for 34 years and when I started this podcast, I told you guys, I got some stories to tell. So in my relationship, when my children were very little, I had two of them, two boys. And to me, when you have kids, you have a short time to raise them and to teach them all that needs to be learned. And so I was putting all I could into the kids to the best of my ability. So in the process, my mate may have felt left out or may have felt that he needed me sometime when I was maybe too tired after doing homework, cleaning up, going to work myself, even though I only work part-time. But it's a lot to try to keep everything going and everything to get together. And I know so many of you can relate to this. So I think that we both should be focused on doing the best for our kids, but things happen and sometimes you lose sight because there are so many things going on around you and that you need to be focused on. We have to remember my husband does hair and there's always some lonely woman waiting to say, I can love you better than she can. And in this instance, they don't care about you, your kids, your wife. They just know that they are lonely. They have no idea what it takes to, to have a long-term relationship. But right now, they see that maybe they can inch in and maybe mess up what you have, not even for them to keep it, but just mess up what you have right now. Now in life, of course, you're going to go through some things. And so you're in the midst of going through some things because that's just a part of life. And it takes two. It takes two for the good. It takes two for the bad. And so to make anything work in a relationship, it takes two. Now I have a motto about my husband and I got it because of this situation that we had went through. And the motto is, if you can get him, 
you can have him because he must not have been mine to begin with if you could come and take him. And if he ever had turned his back on me and his family, then I would not have wanted him anymore. I meant my vows. When I said my marriage vows, I meant every word of them. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and in health. I only wanted to get married one time. And I refuse to play with a third party if this happens. Everything is out of the window. Because to me, if you are bringing a third party into our relationship, then to me, you've given up on us. And it takes two to be in a relationship. And I did not sign up for three. So my kids were very little. And this is the only time where I was about to truly give up on this marriage. My husband had ran into some old friends, two brothers and a sister. And I guess he used to have a crush on this sister. She had two kids also, but no husband. So my husband would go and hang out with the brothers, but the sister lived across the street with her father. The father who had cancer, I guess she would help take care of the father. There were no cell phones then, and my husband was starting to hang out way too much for, the taste, for my taste. And we had our children, and it seemed like I was doing a lot by myself. So I became the detective, and the female had started to get her hair done by my husband. And she worked at the beauty supply where he would buy his products from. I found the telephone number to the brother's house, and the father happened to be over there. And I called, and the father answered the phone. I told him who I was and that I was the wife of his son's friend, and I wanted to talk to my husband. He told me that he did not know my husband was married because his daughter had her eye on him, and he was going to have to talk with her because she was not going to be a home wrecker. And the guys had went to the store, and he would let my husband know that I had called. Well, it blew up with the young lady. I guess her father must have gave her what for, because when she came to get her hair done, she told my husband that my phone call made her father's cancer flare up. When he told me this, I started to laugh because my phone call may have raised his blood pressure, may have did some other things, but there is no way that it could have made his cancer flare up. And so <laughs> it is not one of those things that just, oh, cancer is upsetting and I'm going to blow up. But then she was bold enough to call my house and ask for my husband. And I gave him the phone, but I got on the other end where I could hear and see him and he could see me because if we are married, all the cards have to be on the table. I am not going to be in the dark. So she said to him, I am so sorry to call you and you are probably cleaning up or something, but you know, 
All I want to do is walk down the aisle one more time. Well, I am thinking to myself, shouldn't she be trying to be with someone who is not married already? How are you going to walk down the aisle with somebody that's already married? So, because for one thing, if he left me, when things get hard, what do you think he is going to do with you? And you're two estranged children. But that is just me. And that's, I was just thinking that. I didn't say anything because it's not what I say. It's how my husband was going to react to what was going on. And he just was looking crazy. <laughs> and then he asked her, what did he do that would give her this idea that he would leave his family for her? And he asked her, are you crazy? But you and I know that how things go, flirting and things get a little out of hand, but he did admit that he had a crush on her when they were teens. So on the phone, he told, just told her, you must be crazy. Oh my goodness. And so when he got off the phone at the time, we were in the process of buying our first home. At the time, I told him I was done and that we could not move together. We could forget about the house because I was not moving with him, me and my kids. We would find somewhere else to move because no need to continue in this relationship if this woman thought there was a chance that you could walk down the aisle with her? What was going on? You could not be totally innocent, and I am not going to continue to hold you where you don't want to be. There had been a lot of back and forth, and the bottom line is not the way that I want to live, and so, therefore, why should I continue in this relationship? Because I don't want to live where I am not the focus on trying to go forward. My family, my children, my husband, if you can't focus on us moving forward, then there's no reason for us even to continue. So, I left out the house. And went for a walk because that's what I do when I got to think and I got to get things straight. Think about what's next. I go for a walk. And when I came back home and my husband set me down and made it clear that our family was what he wanted. And that I had no worries anymore about anyone. And he would do all that he could to make me believe that that is what he wanted. And that if anyone was not going to be in our new house, it would be him. Because he was sorry that things had got out of hand. But if I would have him, he would spend the time showing me and the kids 
how much he loved us and how much he wanted to be with us. So I did not change my phone number. I kept the phone number and we moved into our new house. And I kept the number because I am not going to change my telephone number because someone has it that wants to get to me. I want to see what they have to say. And she did still call me a couple of more times to talk to me and making desperate pleas on how my husband would have to help me do things around the house. But hello, that's what a relationship is. You help each other. You're in this house together. And yeah, I he might wash the dishes sometime, but he was working most of the time. So I pretty much was trying to do a lot of things. But yeah, he still had to do some stuff. He still had to cook sometime. And that is a relationship. So she called a couple more times, you know, making her desperate plea. And then she really had nothing to stand on because I even had asked her, have you slept with my husband? And she couldn't say yes. So therefore, she didn't even have a leg to stand on. And then like the second time she called me, I was like, listen, like I told you, this is where I got the motto from. Stop calling me. If you can get them, you can have them. Take them. Stop calling me. And so she stopped calling. I think that was the last time that she called. But just to let you know that there is always people trying to mess up what you have. And it takes two. It takes two to be in a good relationship. And it would have taken two for him to be in the other relationship. He chose to be with me. So this is the two, but it would have took two for him to leave me. It would have took him to go to her and be with her. And that takes two. So it takes two to be in a relationship, whether it's the good relationship or the bad relationship. He seeing the error of his waves, even though it was not totally innocent, but he snapped back and came back to reality and came back to his senses and came back with his family. And of course, you know, I'm human. It's fun to flirt or whatever, but then it gets out of hand and somebody's thinking that they're getting more than what you want to give and they had to be set straight. The two of us, me and my husband, continued on on our journey together. So I am not totally very mean person. I kind of felt sorry for the young lady and I brought it to her attention that she is lonely and desperate for her to come to the result of trying to actually pull a married man from his family. I told her that maybe that she should get some help and maybe try to find a man that was not already married if her goal was to walk down the aisle again. After, like I said, the two times, she didn't call me back. And she realized that I was not a weak woman. And I had my own interests and my family at heart. But I did 
have some compassion for her, but she needed to leave us alone. And as I told her, if you can get them, you can have them. Stop calling me. Now, another thing in um, relationships, when people get upset and it takes two to have respect for each other, not to put their hands on each other because I am not your child. You are not my child. And I remember when we first got married and my husband had made me mad. Oh my goodness. I was so mad. And of course you're taught men not supposed to put their hands on women. And so something happened and I slapped my husband. Well, to my surprise, he slapped me back. And so from then on, <laughs> I can remember thinking, whoa, he slapped me back. He's not supposed to hit me, but guess what? I wasn't supposed to hit him either. I bet. I thought about it the next time when he made me mad. There was no way I was going to slap him because he was not going to just sit there and take it. I understand. Who am I to be slapping him? He is not my child. He is not someone I'm raising. If there is something that I don't like, it cannot be fixed that way. It has to be sat down and talked about. I guess it took him slapping me back for me to understand I better think twice before I lift my hand up to him. So therefore, after that, there was no more slapping <laughs> because it would have been a huge fight. You can't just slap an adult human being. I guess I can put it like this. One good slap deserves another. <laughs> so I learned my lesson and I learned it well. Didn't have to repeat that one. So basically, in a relationship, you want to be in it to win it. Two people have to be in tune to each other. It is a process. It is a process even after 34 years. We are still learning each other. We are still changing. And that's why we have to keep adapting and keep learning. But I know that I do not want to be three. I know to, it has to be two in it to, to win it and not three. I just mean when I say that, that you're not supposed to have your mother helping you make decisions, your father making you, helping you make decisions, your sisters or your brothers. You have to make the decisions for you and your marriage. And no one, of course, you can listen to advice, but know that no one knows how you feel and no one knows every detail of the situation but you and that you need to come to your own conclusions because this is your life and you can listen to advice, but you don't have to take it to heart. Make sure that the decision in the end is your decision and it's your 
decision to be in it, to win it, at only you know how much you can take. Only you know this for a fact. I had someone tell me that when they knew that they wanted a divorce, they pictured themselves pushing their partner down the stairs and they knew it was time to get a divorce. I thought it was hilarious, but they were being very truthful. And sometimes your mate keeps saying, you know what? I'm going to leave you. You know what? I'm going to get one a divorce. And you don't take heed. If they keep saying it, it's on their mind. You need to get down to the bottom of it instead of just ignoring it. Because when they keep telling you, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to get a divorce, I am not going to take this much longer, then they are preparing you. They are screaming to you, please help us get back what we need and get back where we need to be. Because if they keep saying it, it is on their mind. And when they finally do it, there'll be no turning back and it'll be way too late. So listen to your partner. Listen to them when they are pleading with you for change. Listen to them when they are pleading to you for attention. Listen to them when they are pleading with you for just a little time. Don't argue with them. Try to accommodate because it takes two to win it. It takes two to be in it. And it takes two giving a hundred percent. And sometimes the percentage may falter because no one is perfect, but you keep striving to be better. You keep striving to listen. You keep striving to give your partner what they need as they are giving you what you need. And listen, because they are trying to tell you what is needed, what is necessary, and how they're feeling, and you are brushing them off. But then there is no turning back when the decision is made to keep it going. I once knew a person that when their mate would say, you know what, I'm going to get a divorce. But they thought that that was not even in the cards. It's like, I give this person everything. I can't. So then the, if they would say, I'm going to get a divorce. And the person would say, fire me, please fire me. Let me see what it's like. Because marriage is not the easiest thing in the world. And when someone is talking that they are thinking about ending it, then in your mind, you're like, well, this isn't the easiest thing I ever did in the world. So if it happens, I think that we're better off together. But if you want to push it and try it, try it. And so he kept saying, fire him, fire him. And then the wife got a divorce. And I really think that he was devastated. But of course, life goes on. And you live and you learn. So it's not a joke. And 
You must understand that you must be aware of your mate's needs and you must be aware of how they're feeling and you must understand that in order it takes two, giving a hundred percent to make it work, even though, as I said, as it varies a little bit, then you reach your down and you grab your partner and you pull your partner up and you make it happen. You make it the best that it can be and you understand that nothing is perfect and you understand that you must keep trying to keep your partner happy as you let your needs be known so that they can keep you happy and it takes two. And keep your friends and your family advice out of your head. Make decisions upon your feelings and your mate's feelings and make decisions upon that. And don't listen to your friends. Listen to yourself. Now, time is up. And I am always so happy to talk to you guys. As you know, you can email me at sshtmpodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Listen Now, Reason Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Now, I've enjoyed my time with you, and I will look forward to talking to you again later. Have an awesome day, and continue to be self-aware and aware of your partner and keep your relationship 100 with each other. Have a great day. Bye.